Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Yom Dafyod Chet Amur Aleph. And we're about to take a look at third Mishnah of this, uh, the uh, first parak. Masrulo Zekenim Mizikne Beitin. So the Kohen Gadol was now given these, uh, the elders of the Beitin. Korin the Fana Beseder Hayom. And they would read over the Seder Hayom of Yom Kippur. You know, Ishi Kohen Gadol. Kra Tabaficha. You read it. Shema Shachachta, perhaps you forgot it, or Shema Lalamata, maybe you never learned it. Erev Yom Kippurim, which of course is a tragic thing that we have to suspect that Kohen Gadol of having never learned it, but uh, the Gemara will discuss that. Erev Yom Kippurim Shacharit. Now let's move to the just before the big day in the morning of Erev Yom Kippur. We put them in the east gate. All these animals. He knows what animal is what, which, and he's familiar with the avodah. The whole seven days, they would not keep any food or drink from him, whatever he wanted, wine, etc. Erev Yom Kippurim, wine, of course, if that's after doing the Avodah uh, of the day. Erev Yom Kippurim, but they would not let him eat a lot before the fast began. That leads to sleep. Of course, sleep leads to the possibility of carry, and he's supposed to be up all night to make sure that doesn't happen. We'll see more about that in the next Mishnah. So, let's see the analysis. We understand that they say you maybe forgot. person forget. never learned it. How could you have a coin gadol who doesn't know the basics of the avod of Yom Kippurim? The pasuk that introduces the coin gadol, his gadol meachav. What's that mean? Gadol meachav has to be greater in power and beauty and wealth, but also in knowledge and wisdom. There's a, another opinion that says that if he's not wealthy, the other coin you have to enrich him. Make him great from his brothers. Says we had like that. That Marta Baitus, who was a wealthy woman. Uh, gave a whole bucket of gold to Yanai HaMelech in order to make her husband, Yosheb ben Gamla, who some say, by the way, might not have even been a coin at all, to make him the coin Gadol. So there was bribery, and there were people who were not fit, etc. And that will lead to uh, the uh, some of the later things we'll see in the Mishnayot about the oath. Not only would they put rams and lambs and uh, and uh, and cows, but all and, and bulls, but also goats. Why didn't Artana mention that? Because the goat is coming for Chait. He's going to do Vidui for all of Kal Yisrael. So if the coin Godol sees that before uh, the fast begins, um, then um, then he'll get upset, being reminded about the Chataim. So, but the par is also coming for sins. So, the par is coming for the sins of the Kohen and all the Kohanim. If there's somebody who's really sinned, they knows about him. How do they do tshuva? And they'll get the guy to do tshuva. But the Sa'ir Lazazel, which is where he does the vidui for all of Kal Yisrael, he doesn't know. So he knows there's people out there who sinned. He can't get them tshuva. He's scared. So he doesn't want to be reminded of that interview in Kippur. That's Tanaka, our Tana. Ravina, that's for the famous aphorism, Ibar Achtich Dailahav, if your, um, your nephew, uh, 
becomes the uh, constable, don't walk in front of him in the shuk, meaning he knows your sins. Uh, in other words, Ravina is quoting this aphorism that says, you know, when people are close to you, they know your sins, which in this case is a positive because the coin gadol is not afraid of uh, having the par come in front of him because he knows about the coinim. Okay, etc. They would let him eat everything and anything. It's on Erevim Kippur. Feed him flour and eggs because that kind of weakens his desire. The opposite, that actually heats him up. We'll see what that means. Perhaps not even white wine. What's that? Etrog. <coughs> these are things that will heat the body up <coughs> and lead you to possible carry. Zav If somebody's a Zav, we know that a, a man is not mitami ba'onis. And therefore, uh, we check with him and we say, perhaps you ate something. And we ask him about all sorts of foods that he might have eaten that caused the ziva. So back to the coin gadol. Lo chagvi v'lo gavam v'lo kodvam v'yan de'tuma. What's chagvi? Chalav v'ina beitza v'yain. Milk, cheese, dairy products, eggs, and wine. V'lo gavam. What's that? Megrisin shall pull. That's a beet water, uh, um, uh, bean water. Basar shamein umuriyas fish oil. Lo kodvam v'yan de'tuma. What's that? Including there's five things that if you eat them, they cause your body to heat up that way. Ve'eluhin, hashum, garlic, mashichlaim, which is cress, v'chaloglagot, which is a kind of pusain of uh, plant. V'tzim v'gargir, is also another kind of plant. Okay, and now, parenthetically, v'tzim is one of the stories of Elisha's students uh, uh, and, and their very starved conditions. So he went to collect orot. That's this gargir we're talking about. Why were they called orot? They, if you're tired, they give you kind of a better sight, kind of wake you up. If you can eat it, it's good for you. If you can't eat it, put it over your eyes, it'll be good for you. That's talking about Egyptian gargir. If you're a guest somewhere, you shouldn't eat beitzim. And don't use balabayit's garment to sleep in, uh, for obvious reasons. He would announce when he came to visit his town. Basically, a wife for the day. You would say the same thing. In other words, they were visiting this town. They felt it was inappropriate or difficult for them to be there without a partner, so they would get married for the day. You can't have that sort of thing of a woman in every port. Because maybe the, you'll have a kid with this woman, and they, she doesn't know about the other woman, and they, they their kids will meet each other and get married, and malekolam kulam zerut. The whole world will be filled with licentiousness. So, these guys are big rabbis. Everybody knows about them. So, if a kid is the kid of the rabbi, they'll know who he is. But how could they marry somebody on the spot? We have a halachin to both that the minute that the husband says, let's time to get married, she needs seven nikim because we assume that that excitement generates some dam. So the answer is, do we have modulu? They would let them know in advance. I'm coming to town, and when I get there, then we'll get married. 
They would send a shliach in advance to find a girl. And they said, actually, maybe they never actually had relations. They just had yichud. At least they knew that there was a woman who they could have relations with. That would make it a lot easier for them to continue in town. All right, the next Mishnah. So the elders of the Beitin, after they went through the whole Seder, passed them over to the elders of the Kohanim. They took him up to Beit of Tinas and made him take an oath. What was the oath? And then they left. What was the oath? We're the messengers of the Beitin that just handed you over. And you are our messenger. And the messenger of the Beitin. By the one who made his name rest in this house. We are making you take an oath. We will not change one iota of what we taught you. So he goes to the side and cries. They go to their side and cry. He cries because uh, they suspected him, and they cry because they had to suspect him because of the problem with the Tzlokim. Then, now what happens at night? If he's a Chacham, he teaches all night. If not, other scholars come and teach in front of him to keep him up. Ragili Kroti, somebody who likes Tanakh, Kore reads Tanakh. Mlav, not Kore in the Fanav, they read in front of him. Mekore in the Fanav, what do you read? Those are the books you read. As Yov for somebody who's got a more philosophic bent, Ezra perhaps a more narrative bent, Ivrayamim for a historic bent. He says, I remember as a young child that I would be brought in to read Sefer Daniel in front of him. It's very entertaining. Okay, so Tana Lulamdo Chafina. Why would he go to Beit Avtinas, which is where they made the Ktoret? Because they wanted to teach him the Chafina, how to take the Ktoret into your hands, which is the trickiest of Molochad Avodah. Papa Shtel He had two offices, a Chadishkat Parhidrin, where he lived, Chadishkat Beit Avtinas, this one. One north, one south. There were three, six offices in the Azra, three on the north side, three on the south side. What's that? That's where we'd give salt to put on the Korban. What's that? That's where they would salt the pelts of the Kodshim. On the roof of that building, was where the mikvah was that the coin gadol is going to use five times here on Yom Kippur. What's that? They would take the innards of the kodshim and wash them off there. And there, there was a round uh, stairway that would lead up to the top of the Beit Parva for the mikvah. What were the three that were on the north side? Lishkata eitz, lishkata gola, lishkata gazit. What's that? Lishkata eitz. And Rambos ben Yaakov shechachti ma'itam shemeshet. I don't know what that. I forgot what that was. His office was behind them. All three of them had the same roof together. What's that? That's where the cistern was. There's a wheel over it. That's where all the water from the whole Azara, for washing it out and everything would come. That's where the Sanhedrin sat. Somebody went to the to the to the Sanhedrin and it was found to be Pasul, a Ben Grush or something. He would put on black clothes and he would leave. Someone's up Pasul and it turned out to be okay. He'd wear white clothes. He'd go back in and continue the Avodah. 
Now, Chat Bedarom, there's one in the south, the Nan Shiva Asharim Hayu Bazarah, the seven gates in the Azarah, remember in Shkalim we talked about 13 gates, seven gates, Shloshabat, Savam, Shloshabat, Rom, Chat Bamizrach, one in the east. The east is, of course, the Kanor. Shvidarom Shar Hadelek, really, Shanilo Shar HaKorban, Shilo Shar Hamayim, those three on the south side. Shvach Shani Kanor, Shvidarom Shar the two little offices there, Chat Biminov, Chat Bismillah, one on each side. Chat Lishkat Pinchas Hamalbish, where you would dress the Kohanim. Lishkat Osei Chavitin, where they would make the Chavitin of the Kohen Godal every day. Shvidarom Safon, Shar Nitzot, Binyanach Sadra Yavi, Aliyah Nuyal Gabav, Aliyah Nuyal Gabav, there was the Sharni Tzotz of the Sparks, and above that there was an Exedra, there was an Exedra, an Exedra, and on top of it there was a loft. That's where they would stay at night, and the Shomer uh, above and the Levim were below. Inside of it was the ramparts. Shenilo, the second gate in was Shar Korban. The Shilo Shar Beit Tamukain, where the fire was. The Kohen Gadol goes to the mikvah five times and does ten kiddush yadam raglaim, one before the mikvah, one before after the mikvah, after the mikvah each time. Kulan Bakodesh Al Gag Beit All of them are on top of that roof. Chutz Mizu Shaita Bechol Agav Shar Hamayim. Utsad Lishkato Aita. Except for one particular tefillah. Um, which was done in in this place here. Uh, the first tefillah, because not coming from Yom Kippur, he's going from his regular clothes into his coin gadol clothes, his civvies, if you will, and his regular regular coin gadol clothes, and therefore this stone was not done on top of Lishkat Beit Parvat. Uh, I don't know if Parhedrin is in the north and the, the Avtinas, where they do the Ketorit, is in the south, or the opposite. I don't know. It makes sense Parhedrin is on the south side. He would get up, he would go to the bathroom, and then he would go north to the north side and learn the Chafina from Beit Avtinas. He'd go from there into the Beit HaMikdash. And at the end of the day, they would do Hazal, like they did every day. Then he'd come to the south, and he would go into the Mikvah, and then he'd be done. He's going to go to the south. And then he goes to the Mikvah and learns Chafina. He works all day, does the worship all day. At the end of the day, the Duhazan, if other Azil of the Aromatov, it goes again to be told on the south, because the Beit Tatsvila is in the south. Since when do we make him walk around so much extra? We actually do make him walk around. Maybe if he's at Stuki, which we're trying to out them and identify them, he'll leave. The other is he shouldn't get too haughty. Why don't we just make the two offices next to each other? Or have it in one office. So it must be that we don't mind moving him around, which means we can't prove which side it was in. Okay, in the oath, from Rimlo, Ishi Kohen Gadol, etc. Very important, interesting discussion in the Dorim and Kedushin, whether Kohanim are our agents or agents of Hashem. Well, he said they're agents of Hashem, which has an impact on on, on Mudar Hanah, whether Cohen is Mudar Hanah, can be a Corbin for you. And if they are Shluche Hashem, how can he say you are Arshaliach? If you think they're Arshlichim, 
This is Rabbi argument. How can you have something that we can't do and our shaliach can do? So they obviously can't be our shalichim. The answer is they weren't taking sides on the issue of whether you're our shaliach or Hashem shaliach. They were saying, we're taking and making you take a shvua on our court, on a court of the Beit Din. But whether you're shaliach, doesn't matter. Either way, the same issue. Who So that everybody weeps at this. That they think he might be a stoki. Anytime that you suspect somebody who is really proper, you suffer yourself. So they're crying because they're concerned that he may not be a stuki and they had to, uh, they had to suspect him because they hope he's not. The real issue on Yom Kippur where the Tzadokim did different than we did is that we go in, as we'll learn later on, and the Kohen Gadol goes in with the with the Ketoret in his arms and flips it in inside the Kodesh Kedoshim into the pan. The Tzadokim's approach was that you would um, that you would uh, flip it in um, uh, beforehand and get and prepare it to come in. Now, Tana Rabbanan, So we have a story about a Stoki who actually did that. Now, the problem, of course, is nobody's even in the Beit Hamikdash when he's doing this, much less with him in the Kodesh Kedoshim, so nobody can see. That's why the oath. So there was a Stoki who actually did that. He put the uh, the Torah in and then flamed it as he walked in. He was very happy on his way out because he had beat the system, if you will. Pagabo Aviv, his father Bni. Even though we are Stokim, we're afraid of the Prushim. I was always afraid of this Pasuk. I could only be seen through the cloud, meaning I could only be approached through the cloud. When will I ever have a chance to fulfill this mitzvah that he believed to be a mitzvah of coming in with the cloud instead of inflaming it inside? And now I shouldn't do it? But not long afterwards, he died, and he was ended up in a dung heap. And worms are coming out of his nose. There's another version. He actually didn't meet his father. He died on the way out. He heard a voice. Amalach came and slapped him in the face. And they came in, and they found something that looked like a calf's foot between his shoulders. A description of the Malachim and Yechezkel Aleph uh, has that description. So then at the end of the Mishnah, we had that Rabbi Zechariah ben Kfuta remembers that as a child, he used to read Sefer Daniel for the coin Godel. He taught it as his name was Chariah ben Kfuta with a pay. Rav somehow indicated a bet instead. Why didn't Rav just tell him? He answers, Kriyat Shema HaVekari. Rav was reading Kriyat Shema. He couldn't uh, speak. Chagav Nemishari. So when is he, since when are you allowed to make hand movements in Kriyat Shema? Yitzchak Barshmua Barmarta. Kriyat Shema. When you're saying Shema, you shouldn't hint with your eyes or with your make movements with your lips or show things with your fingers. The text says, You haven't called me, says God, about people who are saying Shema, but they're doing all sorts of other things. The answer is, it wasn't the first chapter of Shema. And therefore, in the second chapter, you're allowed to do that for a need. 
And then you say Shema, Bam Velobi Tfila. I mean, you're allowed to speak during Shema, but not during Tfilah. But you're allowed to say words of Torah and other things. Make the words of Torah the main thing you speak, and not a side thing, and not an incidental thing. Make that the Kavua thing you speak. He says, anybody who just speaks idle talk is violating an Asesh. You've got to talk Torah, not other words. Kind of an illusion to not talking about things that really have no purpose. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up in the next uh, podcast with the Mishnah and Daf Yutera. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.